Hi, this is Christopher Framberg and I'm one of the pastors in SOS Church Stockholm. We are an international Pentecostal church on Kungsholmen with celebrations in both English and Swedish. Our vision is to be a church that is for all people and to all nations that are living the Book of Acts kind of life in Stockholm and to the ends of the earth. We hope that this week's message will challenge and equip you to live a strong life together with Jesus. My name is Christopher and I'm one of the pastors here in the church. And I'm so happy to be able to preach for you today. I've been longing for this Sunday. I'm, I'm not from Stockholm originally, but I, I grew up down in Småland. That is in South Sweden, in the midst of the forest, not around so many people, but around some cows and uh, around a lot of trees, okay? Uh, I didn't grow up in a Christian family. We, we were not used to go to church on Sundays until I turned uh, 10 years old. Then my parents got saved and we started to go to church. And I, I still remember, even though I was a kid, I could see the impact uh, this message had on my parents. I could see the tra transformation in their life and how differently I was being brought up compared to my cousins. My cousins were struggling with a lot of things growing up, uh, a lot of divorces, a lot of drugs, alcohol, in and out of jails, and a, a, a lot of things going on in their life. But I could see how I was protected from that since my parents came to faith in Jesus. So I, I had a natural, childish faith in God, and I always believed in God. But it came to the point when I was 17 years old, when I really had to make up my mind and take my own decision to follow Jesus. Uh, two years after that, I decided to move to Stockholm. From the forest in Småland up to Stockholm, and I came to SOS Mission Bible School that we have here in the church. Do we have someone that is or have been going through the school here? Yes? Great. That year in the Bible school changed my life completely. It turned my life upside down. It was something about being in the presence of God every day that impacted me. To, to have Bible teaching up to lunch. They, I'm, I mean a half day every day is life transforming. And to be able to start every day with prayer and worship. If, if you're not used to church and used to worship and you feel like, why is everyone standing like this, singing? It is because we're singing love songs to God. We love God that has done something in our life. And, and, and maybe it's hard to relate to, for some of you that, that, that haven't really experienced God. But when you have you will probably stand like this too and sing songs to God. And I'm, I'm so happy that, that he wanted to listen to me. No one else really wanted to listen. Not even my kids want to listen anymore. I mean, their mom, they always want her to sing a song before they should sleep. They never want me to sing anymore. Like, no, no, dad, no, no, you cannot sing. And I'm like, you, you are not allowed to tell people that cannot sing. They can be sad. No, yeah, but you cannot sing. You, it's always... I'm like, I, I tried. I tried, okay? <laughs> But God wanted to hear me sing, and I, I, I remember how, how, how we came there every morning. We were standing in the worship and, and just praising God, and how, how often the, the, the one leading it said, Okay, let's, let's close our eyes. Let's try to see Jesus in front of you, and you're, you're now worshiping Jesus and singing out to Jesus and, and try to see Jesus in front of you, and you're closing your eyes. And, and, and one day I was opening up my eyes, and I, it was not Jesus standing there but I saw two big blue eyes 
blonde hair, a big smile, blue jeans, a, a beautiful worship leader standing there. And I was like, I didn't just fall in love with Jesus. I was like, whoa, who is this worship leader? Where is she from? How can I get in contact with her? And you know, it was some other guys that saw the same thing. They did it closer. They cheated too. They did it closer eyes. They saw the same thing. And, and, and they had some old talents in music. They, they made it into the music team. You know, I, I was growing up with a mindset that guys are doing sports. Girls are doing music. I know that some guys cheated and did music instead. And are like Roma here. And I mean, it's, it's good. You can play some stuff. I never learned. I never learned. As other guys had, a, had an advantage. So, so they came in there and many people tried, I tell you. It, I was not the only one. But I, 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 had, I had seen this girl, okay? I had seen her and I know that's the one I want. I'm going after this. Uh, in the end of the year, we were going on a mission trip together with, with my whole class to Thailand. And, and on that mission trip, they wanted to have a drama team that could illustrate the life of Jesus. How Jesus was crucified. How someone was killing Jesus. And you know, I have a lot of drama talents, as you see. So I made it into the drama team. I couldn't make it into the music team, but I was in the drama team. And so she was she. All of a sudden, what a surprise. She was in the team. And all of a sudden, I could spend a lot of time with her. We rehearsed a lot. I mean, it's important that you know how to do when, when you should die and like all, all of the details. And we, we were having a lot of time waiting before we should go up on the stage. And I have seen her. And now she saw that I had seen her. And, and, and I was ready for the next move. But when she saw that I had seen her, she didn't respond like I thought. She didn't really see me. So she started to, you know, like, <laughs> withdraw. <laughs> Avoid me. She didn't want to be seen by me. I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, two years later, she gave up. You know, some, some is looking good at the outside, but some has a really nice inside. It took two years to see my beautiful inside. <laughs> or maybe just giving up that I was going after her. <laughs> took two years before I, she finally got it. How beautiful inside I have. <laughs> and we could become a couple. There is something about being seen that all of us is longing for. Not being stalked by creepy people. <laughs> But be seen by someone, to be seen, to be accepted, to be loved. I don't think there is any more precious and beautiful gift than to be loved for who we are. Without any facades, without, without any masks, without pretending to be someone else. But when you are, are loved, when you are seen, when, when, when you are um, affirmed for who you really are. I think that is one of the most precious gifts we can, we can ever receive. And I think that is something we're all longing for. And there is, there is things that money cannot buy. There is things that stuff and, and a nice career or, or a, a good job cannot satisfy. There is a craving on our inside that cannot, cannot be, be satisfied with anything else than this kind of, of love. To be seen for who you really are and still be in love. Uh, I, I think we're all longing for it. 
we all want, want that kind of love. We're all longing for, for that. And, and, and maybe you came here today and, and you are, you're longing to be, to, to be seen. You're longing to have someone loving you unconditionally. Someone that really knows who you are but still is loving you for, for, for who you are. You're accepted. The good news is that, that we are not the only one struggling with this. I think we're all, we all can agree that we, we're longing for that. Right? We all want to be seen. We all want to be appreciated. We all want to be loved for who we really are. And, and, and sometimes it is regarding to people. We want people to, to, to love us. But I also think that there is something, a void inside of each and every person that only God can fill. I think there is a void inside of your heart, as it is in my heart, that there is no one else, there is no person, there is no activity, there is nothing else that can satisfy than God Himself. The Bible says that He has put eternity in, into our heart. Everything you see around you can be taken away. Every person you see around you can actually be taken away. Every materialistic things, all, all things, all, all your whole bank account, if you have a big or, or a small bank account, it can be taken away. Everything you see around you is temporary. It can and will one day be taken away. But that's why God put eternity in our hearts. We're longing for something that is eternal. That will be never to be taken away. And when God is coming into to, to someone's life. When God came into my life. I got hold of something eternal. That no man can steal from me. That no one can take away. It is a hope that lasts. It is a hope that carries me through everything I'm going through. There is something deeper than, 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 than anything that I can see. God is unseen. And He wants to fill that void in all of us. But this longing to be accepted, this longing to be seen, maybe you even feel, God, do you see me? God, I've been praying like 100,000 times about this thing and I, have, and I have still haven't received any miracle. Have you heard my prayer? God, have you seen me? Maybe you're coming into this service and you, you've been praying over and over again and you're wondering, God, do you really care about me? Do you really see me? The good news is that we are not the first one asking this question. Already the big man of God, Abraham, was asking the same question. He himself and so many his family was struggling with just this question. And, and, and Abraham, if you don't know who he is, he is the, he is the patriarch. He is, is the for, for, was a forefather for both Jewish uh, for Jews, Christians, and Muslims. Uh, but I want to preach out from a story in his family today. Is that okay? So I, I want, to, want to go to Genesis, let me see, Genesis 6, 16 and verse 5. Genesis 16 and verse 5. Abraham received a big vision from God. Okay? Not a small vision, not a small promise, but a huge vision. God came to him and said, Abraham, I am going to make a new nation out of you. Go out from your father's household and go to the nation I, I, I am leading you to. And out of you will come people and nations. And all people on the earth will be blessed through your life. 
Whoever blesses you, Abraham, will be blessed. But whoever curses you will be cursed. God gave a huge promise to Abraham. And he even later on changed his name from Abraham to Abraham. And Abraham means a father of many nations. Okay? A father of many. So every time he greeted someone, he said, My name is a father of many. All right, so how many kids do you have? I was asking a guy in the church that for a couple of weeks ago and was like, it's many. It's, uh, how many? Ten. <laughs> that wasn't really Abraham's problem. It was like zero. They couldn't have children. He was married to Sarah and they've been trying to have children for over 60 years. They've been disappointed over and over and over again. And, and now they've been try, trying so long. God has been promising them. God has been telling them. And, and, and they were almost giving up now. And Sarah, she came up with this idea. Maybe I can give my, my slave. Her, she had a personal slave named Hagar. And she decided I can give her to Abram instead. And maybe this is the plan of God that he, he will receive children through her. Of course she had pain. Of course it hurt it in here. But she told her husband, the 85-year-old Abraham, the idea. And Abraham looked at the young slave girl, Hagar, and said, this is a good idea. Let's do this. Let's try this. And Abraham... No one really asked Hagar what she wanted. If she wanted this old man, you know, or not. But he went into her tent. She became pregnant. And, and when Abram could see, Abram started to see her. Something is happening when we are seen. He, she was seen by Abraham. And when she was seen by Abraham, she started to see herself differently. And she started to see her own master, Sarah, differently. She started to despise her in some way, maybe unconsciously, because she knew that she was carrying, carrying the baby of Abraham. She knew that she was giving her husband a thing that she couldn't give her. And in some way, she started to reject or despise Sarah. And Sarah is now coming to Abraham and addressing this problem. And we dive into Genesis 16, verse 5. It's written that, Then Sarah said to Abraham, this is all your fault. I put my servant into your arms, but now, she, but now she's pregnant and treats me with contempt. The Lord will show who's wrong, you or me. And as a man, this is like, of course you are wrong, Sarah. I mean, you, you say, you put her in his hands. And she's praying. I mean, that was your plan. And, and you told him, and now he did it, and now you're angry. And you're like, what's the problem, Sarah? It's not logic. But as a married man, I understand this verse perfectly. Everything is not about what is logic. It is about the feeling. Her feeling is, you have wronged me. But logically, he has not wronged Just so you, I, I just interpret the text here, okay? I just interpret the text. Logically, he hasn't wronged her. But feeling, feeling-wise, yeah, she feels sad, okay? Just, just, just the interpretation from a married man. Okay, verse 6. Abram replied, look, she is your servant. Deal with her as you, want, uh, as you see fit. Then Sarai treated Hagar so harshly that she finally ran away. Okay, 
Abraham took Sarah's side. He said, do whatever you want with, to, to, to this slave girl. But, but try to picture Hagar in front of you. She didn't ask to have sex with Abraham. She didn't want to, want to have sex with the old man. She didn't want, that, want him to take her virginity. She didn't want to become pregnant with him. But she did because she was a slave. And no one asked what she wanted or not. She had to. And, and she's now pregnant. She's expecting his child. And at least she can, she, she can expect protection, provision that she should be taken care of. That, that, that she should be, be, be like protected by him. And maybe protected by Sarah. But now she's being punished. She's being maybe beaten up. And she's running off. And she feels so alone. She feels... She feels so rejected. She feels so hurt. She feels like there is no one that cares about me. There is no one that is seeing me. The one that should be close to me have despised me and have rejected me. And she's running off into the desert. And you know, it, it hurts when someone that you thought that you could trust is not trustworthy with you. It's hard with someone that you thought was close and was there to protect you. Is actually hurting you or going behind you. But that hurts. There is one thing if an enemy is coming against you and attacking you. You can expect that. But when someone close to you is walking behind your back, that hurts. It hurts in all of us. She is now fleeing out into the desert. She is pregnant. She is despised. She is rejected. She is alone. And maybe there is someone in here that have been let down. Maybe you're sitting here today and you have, you have been betrayed in one way or another. Or you have been rejected by someone you thought you could trust. Maybe it was a parent. Maybe it was, was a girlfriend or boyfriend or husband or, 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 or wife or whatever. Maybe, but it was someone close to you. Maybe it was a leader like like. like Hagar, she was despised by the man of God, the leader. Maybe there is a pastor in the church. Maybe, maybe there is someone you feel, I have been rejected. I have been let down. I have been left alone. I have been despised. Or maybe you feel, God, have you rejected me? God, I've been praying so many times about this situation. And you almost feel like it's as if God have rejected you. And you wonder, God, where are you? Do you even care about me? Do you see my pain that I'm going through? I think that is Hagar as she is laying out crying in the desert. But then it's written in, in, in verse 7. The angel of the Lord found Hagar beside the spring of water. And if we would go into a deep Bible study in the Old Testament, we can see that the angel of the Lord actually speaks about Jesus showing himself in the Old Testament. So Jesus is coming to Hagar now beside a spring of water in the wilderness along the road to Shur. The angel said to her, Hagar, Sarai's servant, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarah replied. And the angel of the Lord said to her, run to your mistress and submit to her authority. Sometimes when God is asking you a question, it is not because he doesn't know the answer. It's not like God doesn't know the answer to the question. But he knows that Hagar herself, she knows where she comes from. But she doesn't know where she is going. She's been running away. 
Sometimes in our life when we go through a hard season, we are fleeing. We are running away. We know what we are leaving, but we don't know where we're going. She been leaving everything. She been fleeing. But now God is telling her, go back. Submit. It is not over. Come back again. Okay. He just wants her to realize, wow, I, I have no plan. I haven't figured this out. Okay. Verse 10. okay verse 10 then he added i will give you more descendants than you can count and i think this gave her hope back she thought it is all over here in the desert she thought my life is is running away my life is disappearing here and i'm dying right now this is it nothing more will come but now the angel of the lord jesus himself is saying the baby inside of you i will give you more descendants than you can even count there is something more coming the problem that you are in right now is not the end there is something on the other side. There is something more coming your way. And today I want to preach to you. Maybe you feel like Hagar. Maybe you feel in, in some area of your life, it is over. I've been praying so many times. I've been trying so many times. I've been hoping and waiting for so long. But the problem you are in now is not the end. The situation you are in is not the end. What people did to you, it doesn't define you. Your life didn't start with those people that let you down. Your life will not end with those people that let you down. But, but God had a plan for your life. You were created on purpose. God had a plan for you and, and God haven't changed His plan. God still has a plan for you and he says that he has a future he has a hope he has something more coming your way but maybe you have to stand up maybe you have to to to, to remove the sand from your clothes and shake the sand from your hair and put on some new makeup again yeah. and stop crying and start to walk back and do what you were doing from the start don't give up whatever situation you are in and I felt this from God when I've been preparing today God has more for you it is not over Jesus said I am the beginning and the end I am the alpha and the omega everything started with him and as long as Jesus is alive it is not over with you what, what, what you are in right now is not the final it doesn't define you what people said or did about you it doesn't define you there is another side where you have passed this problem God has more in store for you amen yeah, come on verse 11 and the angel also said you are now pregnant oh wow really okay you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son you are to name him ishmael which means uh, ishmael for the lord have heard your cry of distress the lord have heard your cry of distress this son of yours will be a wild man an untamed and wild donkey he will raise his feast against everyone and everyone against him yes he will live in the open hostil uh, hostility against all his relatives you are to name him ishmael and ishmael means god will hear you 
Let can we have it? Yes. God will hear. You are to name your son. God will hear you. Every time you're calling on your son, you're calling out, God will hear you. Come here, God will hear you. Ishmael, it is not over. There is still hope for you, Hagar. That is what God is telling her. Wonderful. And then it's written that so she gave this name. Um, she gave this name to the Lord that spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, have I seen the one who sees me? She was amazed. She had been maybe rejected her whole life. She was born in slavery. She had been mistreated. She had been despised. She had been rejected. She had been left alone in the desert to die. But now when she thought that no one cares about me, no one sees me, no one even cares if I'm dying or not right now, the Lord sees her. And I want to say that God sees you. He's been hearing every prayer you've been praying. He's been seeing every question that you have in your heart. He have even seen your doubts he's been seeing your tears he knows everything about you he know more about you than you know about yourself and no matter what situation you are in are in today he is the god of a second chance he is the god of your future he is the god of hope he has more things in store for you when, when i was 18 years old i remember i was i was living for god and i was i i was up almost every day praying for my friends in school that they should meet with jesus and every day i came to school with a longing to to preach about jesus to them okay i know that without jesus we are lost but so many times i failed and I failed in so many different areas. And after a while, I started to feel like, like the worst Christians that there is. And I felt so bad. And I had so much condemnation on my inside. And I remember I came to a service like this. And I, I, I came forward to an altar call. And I, I was bowing my knees. And I was, I was praying. And I remember a man came up to me praying. And was praying right into my situation. He was putting word on what I was going through that went straight into my situation. Describing it more than I could describe it myself. And I just felt, God sees me. God, you see right through me. For, for weeks I was walking around just knowing, God, you know everything about me. You know every question. You know every thought. You know everything about me, God. He sees you. Today I want to say, God sees you. He sees your situation. For 2,000 years ago, God himself came down to this earth. And he came for one reason. To take up your sin. To take up my sin. To take up your darkness. To take up my everything we have done wrong. Everything we regret. Everything we wish we hadn't done. Everything we wish. He came and he took it all on himself. As if he had done it himself. He was innocent. He was perfect. But he took it to the cross. And when, I see, when Jesus was nailed on that cross, it was actually your and my sins that was nailed to the cross. Your sins died together with Jesus. Your sins was paid for together with Jesus. And Jesus was laid in the grave. But after three days, he stood up from the dead 
with new life and he was now giving hope and a second chance and life to everyone that was longing for it and today Jesus is coming to you and he is giving life to you today Jesus is looking at you if you yet haven't received Jesus as your Lord and Savior today is your day today you can be forgiven today you can be set free and have a second chance and have an eternity in your chest knowing that when this life is done I'm going to heaven together with a good God can we stand up together God loves you so much God loves you so much he cares for you so much he knows everything about you and he's here right now to touch your life you have been listening to a podcast from SOS Church Stockholm. If you want to know more about the church or have information about our Bible school and leadership academy, go online to soschurch.se. We hope to see you soon at a celebration here in Stockholm or at one of our daughter's churches in Gothenburg or Malmö. Have a wonderful week.